Hi, it's Ashley, and welcome to the Kick Ash Live podcast. I'm so happy you're here, and today it's just me, solo on the mic. There's something I want to share with you because the other day I was chatting with a friend, Dr. Ellen Wong, and if you're into happiness, I mean, who isn't, but if you're into cultivating happiness and more happiness, then I'll link her information in the show notes. But Ellen is a colleague and a friend, and we were just on the Zoom swapping stories and just sharing life together. And she said, you know, Ash, your stories are something else. I'd really love to see you share more of your stories. And my reaction was, okay, what doesn't everyone have stories like this? It's not a big deal. And there was a long pause. No, it seems maybe not so much. So I'm going to share with you from the depths of my heart, from sheer love, I'm going to share a Thanksgiving story with you. And I know not everyone celebrates Thanksgiving. I understand the history and the, you know, some of the um, hurt and things that go with that. And I want to honor that. But Thanksgiving has always been my favorite holiday. And If you're into family and miracles, well, stick around because truly this is a story of love and miracles at Thanksgiving. And if this doesn't warm your heart and make you want to call someone you love, a sibling or someone you have just chosen as a brother or a sister, well, I I don't know what will. So here we go. I was adopted as an infant. I was born in Mobile, Alabama, and I was placed with my forever family through the Catholic Social Services. I was born in the 1970s, and in the 1970s, about 80% of babies born to unwed mothers were placed for adoption. So the baby would be taken at birth and given to an adoptive couple. I'm simply reading the language from their website. And the adoptive couple would not be given any information on the birth mother. And the birth mother would not know who adopted her child. Can you imagine this? But this was the way in the 70s. And so I knew as a child It was never a big surprise to me that I was adopted. And I think my parents, my mom and dad, did right by sharing this with me. There were books we read as a child and adoption was normalized. It made me special and chosen and wanted and all of these beautiful things that were conveyed to me. And I'm going to tell you that I think it was completely subconscious, but this way of thinking, this approach also comes with its own implied obligations that the child, the adopted child should perform, that one needs to earn that privilege to be chosen and special and wanted. But that's a story for another day, that earning of privilege or love. But I longed for information. 
And I had no idea how to get it because if I asked about my birth mom or my birth dad, but especially about my birth mom, it would have sent my mom into a tailspin. It would have been betrayal. And so often I just sat quietly with my imagination. As an only child, I was always in my imagination. And when you are an adopted kid, logic tells you that your birth mom couldn't keep you, that she was probably young and not married and had no choice. That's what logic says. But imagination tells you that your birth mom is just very busy with her Hollywood film career, that she is super glamorous, and that one day she'll stop by after a red carpet event, one day when her gorgeous, glamorous life allows, and you'll connect. And moments like this capture an adopted kid's imagination. I'm actually going to put a link in the show notes. If you are an adopted kid or you have a child who you've brought into your family with so much love as an adopted child, I'm going to put a book in there that I think might be helpful, um, that helped me in that journey. But I'll tell you that moments of imagination just capture you as a young child in this space. I remember one time, Nathan Freeman, we grew up together. He always sat behind me from maybe first grade on through high school in alphabetical order. So it was filling Jim and then Freeman. And so we were always together. And Nathan was one of the smartest individuals I've ever met in my life. And I truly respected him. And we also fought like brother and sister ourselves from having spent that much time together in class over the years. And Nathan said one morning, hey, Ash, I saw a woman at the mall this weekend who looked just like you, like she could be your mom. And from just that one moment, the wheels of my imagination could spin for months. Like, what is she like? Could it be her? Maybe I'll run into her. Or someone would say, further to the Hollywood dream, oh my gosh, Ash, there's this actress that looks just like you. Like, fantasy and daydream for days. I can't even remember the actress's name at this point, but I just remember hearing this clerk, you know, the people who check you out at Barney's Coffee in the mall saying that, like, you look like this actress. Do you remember when Barney's Coffee was a thing? I'm probably dating myself. But somehow in my heart of hearts, I also knew, I always knew that I had sisters. I don't know how, but I knew. And I never searched. Honestly, I was scared to know because fantasy is easier than reality. And family is sometimes fraught and adding to that mix. Well, I was hesitant. And also searching would have hurt my mom so badly. I mean, she was already emotionally fragile. And it wouldn't have been all right on my part to search, to ask. That wouldn't have been okay. And I'd also, by the time I was in high school, I'd heard stories of families, quote, ruined by a birth child showing up and upending that family balance. 
And I never, ever wanted to do that. Like, wasn't giving up a child enough to process already? And why would I want to upset what by now surely was a happy family or happy families that had gone on their way and created lives for themselves? And so I just buried that part of myself, but it's this odd thing. It's a nature versus nurture question. I mean, certainly nurture, the way I was being raised, and I was raised with the greatest love and sacrifice and my surroundings affected and still affect how I show up in the world. But nature, there were just some things that never made sense. There was this feeling of disconnect, something I couldn't quite put my fingers on, something I couldn't put into words. And so I just sent my birth mother and my birth father love and I put it to rest. But it would come up at strange times. I remember as an adult, I hadn't even planned to share this story, but I live in Atlanta for the most part, sometimes at the beach, but um, my kids are in Atlanta and my career for many years was in Atlanta. And I remember being an adult when the zoo Atlanta filmed the birth of a baby panda at the zoo. And I remember watching that film and the panda mom gave birth to this baby and she immediately scooped this panda baby up in her arms and loved it and cradled it. And I I still get choked up talking about it. There was so much instant love and connection. And I remember watching that video on repeat again and again, just thinking, oh, that's what nature is about. We are made to love the children we birth. And this notion of adoption is so important and necessary in our society, but it really struck something in me. And then I put it to rest again. And then I was pregnant. I was a mother. I gave birth to my daughter. And in those very early days, I thought again of my birth mother and I could not fathom giving up my child and what that would mean. And in those days, I was reminded of the panda mom, right? And only then did I understand the pain and the turmoil that must have followed the giving up of a child. Like I could not even wrap my mind around it as a new mother. And my heart broke. I would look at my daughter's beautiful face and hold her tiny fingers and kiss her precious feet and my heart would break. And so slowly, timidly, eagerly, I searched. I I, I went on the internet and I looked for someone who might be looking for me. And this was my justification. If they are looking for me, 
then I'll reach out. But I'm not going to hire an investigator to track them down and destroy what must be an otherwise happy family. But if they're looking for me, I will pull that thread. I didn't find anyone looking for me. So again, I said a prayer and I released it with love, with so much love. Also, I'll say this. I was very ill in my pregnancy, really throughout my pregnancy. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I almost died. I had a condition that made my body, my, my body didn't like pregnancy hormones. And so my organs started shutting down and it became this question of how long can we keep mom alive in order to get the baby to a point where she'll be viable. And I had this condition that was predominantly associated with women of Scandinavian descent. And I got curious because I'm fair-skinned and blonde. At least one time I was a completely natural blonde, but in real life I'm blonde. So after I had my daughter, I took this 23andMe test It was a DNA test because I've always been curious about my descent. And it's one of those things as an adopted kid that you can only guess about, but you just don't know. So it turns out I'm not Scandinavian, really. I'm mostly British. And that's funny because my dad's name is Filling Jim, and that's British. And I love, love, love British humor. So that's a thing. And curiosity satisfied, I kind of just let it go. And then I was in the midst of a brutal divorce. Brutal. It was contentious, unnecessarily so. It was brutal and it was ugly. And I filed in October 2016. And I'd made these plans to take the kids to a cabin in the North Georgia mountains for Thanksgiving. Just me and the kids solo, but it didn't work out that way. And all of us went together and we powered through a deeply uncomfortable Thanksgiving at my folks place. And then, you know, the four of us, he and I, and the two kids spent a few days in a cabin in the North Georgia mountains, beautiful place, by the way, but it was, it was a tough time. One might say it was, quote, for the kids, but was it? I I don't know. It was rough. The pretending, the nothing to see here, the striving for civility. It was more like a marathon. There was real endurance to it, even though, you know, you're, you're doing your best in a tough moment. And I still have this beautiful memory of a long hike with my daughter where we found a waterfall and we sat on a rock and just imagined coming back and having a picnic one day and maybe we will. It was beautiful. And I still remember that weekend snuggles with my son who, like me, was also adopted. And in those moments, in a really difficult time, my son was still struggling to accept me as his mom because he was adopted a little bit later and it was not an easy process in his life or ours. And I understood it, but it didn't make it easier, but oh gosh, I understood. And those were dark, 
difficult days, all right? But enough of that because here's what happened, okay? Here's my Thanksgiving miracle. We were leaving the mountains and sitting at a Mexican restaurant that we had visited several times at the end of a few trips on various occasions to the North Georgia mountains. And it was a Sunday and the ex was sitting at the table on his phone, nothing new. And then I watched his face go white. Like he just, yeah. It was a it was a moment of shock, I think. And I have to tell you, I, I will never know if what he shared was true or if it was by design. I hope it was shared authentically, but by then, well, if you've been there, you know. All right. So he says to me, My mom found your birth mother. Silence. Yeah. I don't say anything. And he says, my mom was worried that you would be losing her and my dad in the divorce. Yes, friends, that's a whole thing. So she thought she'd find your family for you. I was not looking. I was not looking for family. I was real good on family at this point. I was kind of tapped out on family at this point. But apparently what happened was that my former mother-in-law put in my birth date and ran a quick little search on the Google and it just appeared. There was a Facebook post where my birth family was looking for me. And he says now that she's found it, she doesn't really know what to do, but she can't not share it with you. And I think that's right. I think that's the right (laughs) result. Now that I know this, even though I didn't really mean to find it. Now I've found it. I have to share this with you. I was not looking. I had made my peace. So at the close of a Thanksgiving weekend, was I supposed to be grateful? Maybe. I wasn't sure. Should I be angry? Like that really, really crossed a boundary. Was I supposed to lean on him? No, Nope, no, no, not at all. That part of my life was closing for many difficult reasons. But, oh my goodness, do you know that feeling you had as a kid? Like the only thing I can compare it to is maybe before your first trip to Disney World as a kid or your first trip somewhere really amazing when you're so excited and nervous and hopeful and overflowing with anticipation of what could be, but you don't really know, and should you be that excited, and should you be nervous? Yeah, definitely. I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't sit still, and I was scared and happy and nervous and overwhelmed all at the same time. And I got through that Sunday. I could not wait to get to the office that Monday. I literally skidded into the parking deck, probably on two wheels. I sprinted to the elevators. I walked purposefully to my office. You know that thing we used to do at the office when folks actually went to the office? If I'm walking with purpose, it means do not disturb. I am on a mission. Like it's a whole thing. So I walked with purpose to my office. I shut the door 
And I called the number that was on the Facebook post. The post that was looking for me. And I reached a woman named Ashley, who might have been my sister. And we chatted for a moment. And then there was, you know, there was heart in that conversation. But there was also paperwork to do and confirmation that had to be made. And so we reached out, the two of us, to Catholic Social Services because there had to be authorization by both of us, by my birth mom and by me, to access the files because remember, those things were closed. And we also had to see if this DNA test I had taken some time ago through 23andMe would confirm the DNA, would confirm that this was my birth family. So there was a waiting process involved. But we knew, like we already knew, Ashley and I could already finish one another's sentences. We couldn't like hold back. And, and yes, I have a sister named Ashley. And we joke about the New Heart Show. I mean, that might be before your time, but we joke about that famous repeat line, hi, I'm Larry, and this is my brother, Daryl, and this is my other brother, Daryl. Excuse us. Hi, guys. Hi, I'm Larry, this is my brother, Daryl, and this is my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> you boys do when you're not looking after the cafe? Oh, we haul rubbish, drain swamps, cart away dead livestock, anything where we can get paid and have fun at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's us. And I had the great joy of connecting with my little sister, Chelsea, later. And that took some time, but we trust in God's timing. And she also has this beautiful daughter, Abigail. Oh, what a gift in my life. And so when I was newly moved into an apartment in early 2017, having left the marital home with basically my clothes, right? I've told you that. Here I am in this new apartment and trying to figure out my life. Ashley, my sister Ashley, dropped everything and drove from Texas and came my way with her two girls. And there are there are no words for that reunion. And I remember hugging her in the parking lot for the longest time. And it was so beautiful. And I threw a whole actual party so that everyone I loved could meet my sister Ashley and her daughters, Lily and Lauren. And by the way, my grandmother, who I loved so much, my grandmother, who I miss every single day, her name was Lily Bell Meeks. Ashley's daughter, my sister Ashley, has a daughter named Lily. You want to know her official name? Lily Bell. Lily Bell. Can you even with this? And my daughter Mackenzie and Ashley's daughter Lauren have, it's crazy, some of the, the funniest facial expressions that are so uniquely them and so uniquely shared. And they have this similar way of walking. Like It's wild. It's like this crazy 
science experiment. And so at this point, you're probably wondering about my birth mother. Her name was Deborah. She's not with us anymore. And I met her once. She was not a Hollywood screen star. No, she wasn't. Deborah gave birth to me at age 14. And she told me that I was taken from her before she ever had a chance to hold me. And she never recovered. And as best I can tell, she was never given the love or support that she needed to recover. But even if she'd had that, even with all of the love and support in the world, once you've been a mother, you'll understand there is no recovering from that. And particularly not at age 14. And hers was a hard life. A hard life. The gift, though, is that I have two sisters, Ashley and Chelsea, and albeit we three are from different misters with some really kind of crazy backstories or stories that just are not known and were not shared. You know, it's not easy. And I'll tell you, It has taken me a while to accept their unconditional love. They were looking for me, but I've had to really work toward accepting unconditional love. That's some nurture stuff there. Like I couldn't grasp that I could be loved just for being, but I am. Ashley and Chelsea, they are my Thanksgiving miracles, my sisters. They make me laugh a lot. They're hilarious. I mean, they need their own YouTube channel. My sisters are hilarious. Just deeply, truly, purely funny. And they make me cry. They are brilliant. I admire them. They're strong and they're wise and loving and kind and We spent a lifetime apart, but we can finish one another's sentences. (laughs) And I don't know how I became so very blessed. So there you go. There's your Thanksgiving miracle story. May it bless you. And I'll tell you, Thanksgiving... Thanksgiving has always been my favorite holiday, not because of the food. I mean, y'all, I don't eat meat. Those poor turkeys, I grieve them. But I love Thanksgiving because of the simplicity, because it's not about gifts. It's not about stuff. Hopefully, hopefully, it's just about time together, time that's cherished. And if we can't be together It's a moment to appreciate and cherish one another, to appreciate family. A brief note, this year, like many years, I'll be celebrating Thanksgiving with my chosen family. That's a whole other kind of family, but it is. If you have chosen family in your life, I just want to say how very blessed we are. I will be spending Thanksgiving with my lifelong friends, Bruce and Allison, and their kids, Lindsay and Clark. 
And this year, my kids get to come along to Thanksgiving with Bruce and Allison too, and the dogs. It promises to be a great time. It always is. We'll be in the Florida Panhandle around their table. And then we will be on the patio with the dogs running around and the kids hanging out. We'll be at the outdoor fire. They've got this great outdoor fireplace and oh my gosh, it's magic. And we'll be swapping stories for hours because that's what we do. Friends that are family, friends that are known to open their home and just love. (laughs) There's no one like them. And I am richly blessed both in Bruce and Allison, my chosen family, and in my found birth sisters, Ashley and Chelsea. I just want you to know that family does not have to look or feel or be a certain way. Family is who we choose and what we make it. Family is how we love. Each of us has this deep capacity for love. The question is, where do we share it? Where do we direct it? How do we love one another? And I wish you joy as we enter what has, for me, always been a difficult season. Always. The holidays. Oh my goodness. For another day, for another discussion, just know that the holidays are full of possibility. The possibilities are endless. There are miracles around every corner. As I think, I hope, my story, my sister's story shares for you. Yeah, it's possible. Miracles are possible. And at this time of year, and at every time, I hope that you remember, that you know, that you feel deeply in your very essence that you are love and light. You are health and wealth. You are joy and strength. You are fire and grace. And I am grateful, so grateful for you. <laughs>